All right, welcome back to another critical content. That's what uh, Will and I decided last time we did these because I didn't know what we were going to call it. So we're falling back on critical content. And today we're meeting another one of the players at our game, uh, Nathan Dennison. Uh, thank you for sitting down with me. You've yeah, no probably problem. seen him. He uh, did the interview with uh, Dabble. And uh, if you haven't listened to that yet, that Springfield one shot, go and listen to him. And then after that, just ex express yourself creatively. Go over to Dabble. They have something for everybody or you can bring your own stuff and they can just rent you some space to use either way. So just getting right into it. Sure. How long have you been playing tabletop RPGs? Uh, actually, it's not as long as most of the other players. Okay. Um, I probably have two years experience, three maybe. That's about what Will said he had. Yeah. Um, okay. So back when I was in high school, my brothers talked about playing Dungeons and Dragons and trying to set something up. And I was really interested then, but I never actually, it, it never went anywhere. We all got busy, never did anything. Um, and he actually brought it up again a few years ago. And I had time and technically nothing was coming out of, of it then. But I actually bought the basic rules because okay. I wanted to know what it was all about. And trying to find a group to play d, &D is hard around here sometimes. Um, yeah, <laughs> yes, it yes, can. Especially if you have no idea where to look or sure. what you're doing. Um, but eventually he did set up a, a family game and we ended up playing and I really enjoyed it. Good. So Good. it kind of started from there. And what was your the class that you played in your very first game? Um, well, it, it kind of changed. I started out as okay. a sorcerer. Okay. Um, realized that I wasn't having as much fun because I wanted more spell options. Sure. And so I ended up through a roundabout way switching to wizard and okay. really enjoyed it. And ironically, that's what I play now. So, so do you find yourself more inclined to, uh, to have more of a full caster class or? I have actually never played a melee class. Okay. I okay. love spell class, okay. spell casting classes. Okay. It's my bread and butter. The whole, the ability to like customize each spell for how you make the character and make it really interesting and I, I mean you could definitely do that with melee classes sure it, it's just not the same it, it's not the level that you could do with a spell right. class i mean not to knock melee classes or, no, or anything they are they are a blast but i mean there's just something uh, i don't know because there's just so many ways you can flavor i go to hit Right. Uh, as opposed to I, I weave with my hands. Like I caught. There's this. I mean, and Odarin does it a lot. Like you see, like these things appear or whatever. Yeah, I absolutely love to throw the the season flavor on spells sure. as Odarin because it's just like, how many cherry blossoms can I throw? At oh sure. Like <laughs> why not? Or you know, can I surround them and leave? Like why not? Okay. Um, but. I will say, though, that melee classes, you can definitely do some interesting stuff with. Sure. I mean, if you watch, like, Critical Role, for instance, mm -hmm. Liam O'Brien is fantastic right. at at 
describing how his melee class attacks, and I, I mean, that's an inspiration. Yeah, that's... either because I mean, yeah, he has Orm currently, but right. he used to. My, I named my car Vax um, <laughs> after Vaxel Dan in campaign one. But even like Vax is that up close in mid range with mm-hmm. his dagger, dagger, dagger situation. But um, yeah, so there's there's plenty of flavor you can have with melee, but I feel like spellcasting. Yeah. Even half casters, you can get have a little bit right. more fun with that. Um, so, playing for about two, three years, family game. So, was your brother who was it? Who else all played with you? So, was it just your siblings, um, or did your parents play? Or it started out as myself, two of my brothers, and my dad. Okay, S- straight as that seems. Okay, um, and my brother's wife. And then we've since moved on to another campaign, sure. and um, I got my wife interested in playing. Which okay, is hilarious. Um, and my my son has joined, sure. um, and he's super creative, and I absolutely love it when he gets to play because he figures out the most random things that you would never <laughs> even think of. Um, but yeah, he really enjoys it too. Good. It's just kind of grown since then, which is fantastic. I think it's it's nice that you have something that you and your son have. Like, granted, he can play in his own campaigns, you can play in yours and everything. But I mean, I'm kind of doing that with Logan indoctrinating him by giving him his dice, and I will make him roll appropriately. But um, <laughs> he actually went through and because I lost my dice this past week and I found them all. And we then split them up into pre-packaged baggies because I can't lose 50 of those at the same time. But um, yeah, I was kind of impressed by that. <laughs> but um, it, is it? I mean, so your son also plays. Does he have a play style kind of similar to you? Is it completely different? Do you know? He actually plays melee class. Okay, like fair he enough. is completely different than me, but he's also one to really just barge straight ahead sure. and take things out face on. Sure, and <laughs> it's crazy, you know. Most of the time, well, parts of my family will be like, "Oh, uh, we need to talk about this," and he just charges full steam sure. and sets off the traps. And it don't care. I, yeah. <laughs> Barbarians usually don't. Oh, I yeah. mean, <laughs> is that his main? He likes to run bards. He does. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> he has switched up since then. I think he's playing a monk right now. But okay. Okay. He really likes the melee classes. So. Good. So uh, in our campaign, you play Odarin, um, who has a wonderful flavor about himself. Would you like to kind of, uh, for those that are kind of just now joining or haven't. I know some people just put podcasts on in the background, <laughs> myself included, and sometimes they miss some things. Like, um, what race is he? What uh, are they? He? They? He, yeah. yeah he, sorry, I want to make sure I had the, uh, that correct. Uh, what race is he? Uh, what class? And can you tell us subclass? Uh, yeah. You know? um, he is an Eladrin. And the most exciting thing about them is they, they are an elf class, but they change based on their emotions. So their appearance will actually change seasons, essentially. Um, 
O'Darren commonly finds himself in the autumn season, but in our campaign, he's actually gone spring yeah. um, when he was super excited about books. Sure. Surprise. Sure. Um, but so, of course, I've worked out an appearance for each of those. Um, so we'll probably see those throughout the campaign as emotions flare. And I don't happen. think that the rest of the party has kind of made that connection yet that the season is with the emotion per se. Um, uh, it's just because, and I don't want to say it's almost flippantly, but you're like, and he, and now O'Darren has like cherry blossoms off of his branch or something. I think, um, well, that character choice, that kind of aloof nature that he has, um, it actually happened in game. While I was sitting there, I was just like, man, not to give any spoilers or anything, but he's kind of, he doesn't really have the, like, etiquette sure. that normal people would. So sure. it makes sense that he just kind of does what he feels in the moment. And right. that's kind of what I did. And I was freaking out initially about that choice. Um, my son had to hear all about it. Sure. <laughs> um, but I think it really works in his favor. Okay. And I don't know that he, he is necessarily as aloof as he's kind of playing, but I think it makes sense for him. Okay. Okay. Was that kind of the... Uh, a intention from the get-go was to have this more kind of aloof i don't want to say airy necessarily uh because i, I want to say he's airy but um he, he's a very smart character yeah um he's uh, just looking well at, read yeah i got your stats pulled up i mean 20 right dumped everything like, into intelligence and, and he con. definitely um yeah he's an extremely intelligent character but Again, he's kind of like that common sense level. Book smart versus street smart. Right. right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just in his backstory. Sure. And of course, I don't want to spoil anything for his backstory necessarily. We are. Okay, I was about to say, because we are up to the point where you guys just assaulted the empty house. <laughs> more or less. So. Uh, so, yeah, more about his backstory, I'm sure, will come out. But I, I think that's just how he came to be sure. and it really worked out so. what came first was it the the class choice or the race choice oh i guess i didn't talk about those yeah it's okay um, it's okay so there's actually a really interesting story um of course the cast got together and we were talking classes for a while and yeah <laughs> originally i was set on a cleric I was convinced that that's what I was going to be. I thought, you know, all of the campaigns that I've played in, we always steer clear of the cleric. I don't know why. Sure. We need the support. Um, so I had built this gunslinging cleric. Um, and the subclass, I can't specifically remember what it was, um, but it was actually from one of your homebrew. Sure. Um, we play homebrew in my game. I'm as long as we we talk about it beforehand. The homebrew is okay. Just <laughs> it was a great subclass. Yeah, um, and I was absolutely convinced that that's what I was going to do. Sure. Um, I found this on the web. Thank you, Siri. I appreciate that, and I'm going to shut you up now. <laughs> there we go. Sorry about that. So thank you, Apple. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, 
I, I was convinced that I was going to play a cleric. Okay. Um, and I let my son actually, who again is so much more creative and inventive than I am, um, I let him look at the list of subclasses. I thought, you know, eh, why not? It's exciting. Sure. So he's looking and he's like, Dad, look at this wizard subclass. And it was the school of white necromancy. Yeah. And um, I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. And, but I was still really conflicted. Sure. Like still really had problems. And my son was like, dude, just go with the white necromancer. Right, because you're fighting uh, function over flavor at that point. Right. Sure. And within that subclass, there's a lot of support that's yep. built in. So, I mean, I'm trying not to give anything away here, but there's a lot of support, a lot more than a usual wizard, and um, it's going to be really interesting when it starts happening, Um, and the spells that you'll see are not spells that you usually see in a wizard. There was an intention for creating that that uh, subclass, because I... I had inspirations from other homebrews, but I'm like, you know what? Just because you guys were all talking, like, kind of combat-driven uh, classes, I was like, I want to throw some stu- uh, stuff in there that, you know, as a wizard, you still have a pretty wide array of things you can access. Yeah. Um, but, like you said, n- not a lot of wizards are able to access some of the spells that I, I was able to put in that subclass. Um, and I'm not trying to blow smoke up my own butt or anything it's just it it gave you a flavor as well as function option to it because i mean if you've been listening that the tentacle um is (laughs) okay (laughs) that was actually uh a mistake oh but it's a glorious like it's supposed to be tendril if you read the spell it says tendril i read it as tentacle but it turned out to be the most like flavorful and horrific thing that could have happened at that moment oh yeah and it's just existed since then so i I mean it it was just really fun oh man (laughs) everyone i mean i love it's it's one of those like uh i don't want to say it's grow like a grotesque fun because i mean renvry's thumbnail yeah that's grotesque but like uh, it was just like a uh, kind of weird fun thing going on um so what is um and i know we're, we're not going to try to do any huge spoilers towards backstory or anything like that but like what is one thing um in odarin's backstory that you would be able to share that you feel wouldn't like let slip the dogs of war or anything like that well i i have a feeling that it's going to come up soon sure but odarin has spent a lot of time alone he doesn't really know how to work in a group so he has to kind of adjust solo play to group players right like he doesn't understand that you really need to let someone know where you're going because you know he'll just vanish and it makes sense for him but it doesn't make sense for a group right and that's probably going to bite him in the butt at some point sure but that also creates role play opportunities that uh creates you know character development 
but also like creates awesome narrative situations. It does. If O'Darren runs off on his own for whatever reason, then something happens. He's by himself. You know what occurs then? You know. <laughs> Because I, I can't necessarily plan for every eventuality because right. I have a table full of DMs, uh, players that just think completely different mindedly than I do. So, and anyone else who DMs, you know the pain. And those that intentionally cause this pain on DMs, shame on you. I do it too. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, it wasn't intentional. No, it's fine. You know. Um, but uh, I, I think that, and we're, you know, we're still relatively new in the story essentially i mean to be real if we were playing a video game you haven't even completed the op like the, the second opening quest essentially right. you've done like the first one you you did the and then kind of skipped around a yeah little and bit. Then you're, but um and that's also again i try to give you guys the opportunities whether you chose to uh, track down this weeping city or if you had stayed in or if you're choosing to stay in volkstad my plot points really aren't going to change like there's there's milestones but i adjust them to my players and what you're all doing there's some things that have to happen they will happen but um and your guys's backstories some of them play a pivotal part some of them don't and that was one of the things we discussed about um when we were creating this campaign like do you prefer you know a completely separate narrative campaign or do you like heavily character backstory woven into it we had a nice little mix so um trying to balance that is the the caveat here but um what is like a goal or aspiration that O'Darren has well um he reads that book every night yeah he doesn't understand it yeah. he can't read it but he flips through it every night and it's a special book to him for reasons that we will find out at some point. <laughs> it's kind of the reason why you're with the group. It is the whole reason. Yeah. Um, he probably wouldn't be there if it weren't for that book. Um, so getting on with the story, getting on with the main quest so that he can finally read this book is extremely important to him. Sure. Um, I, I couldn't even tell you how important it is sure. he just his whole being is enveloped in this book right now and until he can read it i don't think he's going to have something else that that distracts him sure i mean don't get me wrong there could be a moment where they go on a side quest yeah. like what we're oh, seeing yeah. currently but he's always going to come back to right. i need to be able to do this and there may come a time where the party's like, I don't know, like, we need to go do something else. And sure. if that's the case, I can't guarantee that he'll stay. What do you think the book contains? So, I feel like I kind of have a general idea. I don't want to spoil anything. Sure. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, that's fine, you don't have to if you don't want to, but... His history is all about study. Sure. Um, his class is all about study. And I think this book will have things that he has never seen before. Right. It will have aspects of magic that unlock for him all new levels of experiences and abilities that he just 
hasn't been able to experience before. Right. Because um, there's, when we had talked about this background, uh, building your background and everything, um, uh, this book plays a central, it, it did not initially start as a central uh, role in your backstory, but it became that. Right. Um, so there's like other, and I know that uh, amongst the table, because other people have said something to me, like, and they've been curious, they're like, that's the book. I'm like, I can't tell you the book. That's not my thing. I'm not going to tell you the book. But uh, I can't tell you how happy that actually makes me, because oh, yeah. that book has been like a major secret. And I mean, there are other secrets sure. for my character. I did mention, I think, in episode one that he has a bandage on his right arm. Yeah. Um, and he I think does it's right arm like on, up to the hand. I think like right, it's kind of a, like it kind the, of wraps yeah. around his wrist. Yep. Um, but well, I could tell you that the other characters probably don't remember that's there. Oh no! Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Sometimes I forget it's there, but... and that's fine. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come up at some point, or someone will catch me changing the bandage, sure. or you know something like that, and they'll ask. But there's other aspects of the backstory that haven't come up sure. that. Um, may never come up, and that's fine. I'm completely okay with that. But I think I wrote it in such a way that if something did come up from that backstory, it would kind of shock me too. Like, and I think that's the best way to write a backstory. Like, Mm -hmm. I have this whole big thing, and if something comes up in the campaign, it's going to shock me. But it's going to be exciting. Sure. Because it's not something that I expected, mm. you know. Well, in the the way that the the even the book was postulated to you from an NPC mm-hmm. was that it's potentially even more than you could, thought it could have been. Right. Um, which uh, what I think about um, I think that DMing is taking ideas that the player is excited about they love and keeping it something that they love and enjoy but also transforming into something even greater that they can love even more or they can hate <laughs> you know right for those dms are like no this is a this is a demonic artifact you are now a slave to asmodeus or something like that but i mean when i wrote the backstory the book itself it it was planned as kind of a keepsake. And sure. that's a little bit of a spoiler, not yeah. too much. Yeah. Um, but it was planned as kind of a keepsake. Sure. Um, and it included magic. And I think once that backstory got to you, you actually made the change that that book is not something that I can actually read yet. And that was exciting. Like, I was extremely excited about oh, yeah. it because it's not something that I expected. Because well, it, it was taking something that was sentimental in nature mm-hmm. and then giving it a purpose that you thought you had figured out already. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, realistically, it was an innocuous backstory, uh, something in the inventory to maybe bring up on a rainy day initially. Right. Um, but, you know, the moment it's like you can't read this book and there's pillars with writing similar to that book, you know. Um, Again, taking something that you thought was innocuous and making it into something that your character can get excited about, if not completely obsessed <laughs> about. Um, so, currently, the the party uh, is 
at the time of this recording, uh, in, in Volks, well, at the time of this being released, uh, in Volkstad, uh, they're supposed to be heading towards this weeping city to do a welfare check. Yeah. Um, and there is this kind of air that there is, uh, perpetual ash falling, um, does, what does Odarin possibly think could be the, now granted, we're speaking at this point in time, not the most recent episode we just recorded, I, but what do you I think? I think Odarin has kind of voiced on occasion what he thinks might be there. Sure. Um, I think he's convinced that there was a dragon at some point. Sure. Because... You thought Lendris was a dragon. I, you think everything's a dragon. No, I think... I think... Yverus actually, uh, well, I think he thinks that Yverus might be a dragon. Okay. Just because, well, for one, dragons can use magic, some of them. And when a dragon creates a nest, the land changes. Sure. Um, and that's his explanation for all this ash. Okay. Like, it just makes sense in his head. And of course, that might change. Sure. But that's something that he just sees as a huge possibility. Right. And from the things that um, the bookmaster has said, it that's how he's kind of putting things together. Sure. You know. And I apologize. I'm trying to look stone-faced. I don't want to give anything away. <laughs> right. Will did the same thing. He was inspecting my face. I'm but... secretly trying to like yeah. really gauge yeah, something. There's nothing but... there. And I'm dead on the inside and outside. And honestly, if I'm wrong, that's fine. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Like, being wrong, I am perfectly fine with that. Mm -hmm. But it's just kind of nice to be right. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, it's cool to be right. Yep. It's great to be wrong, though. Sure. Because then, as a character, he can walk up and find out what is truly causing this. Sure. And it creates a great roleplay moment where he's shocked. Like... He expects to be right. <laughs> I mean, well, you're you have uh, you dumped everything into intelligence. You have a twenty intelligence. You're maxed out. Oh yeah. Why Without wouldn't you think you're right? To be honest, right. like not in a narcissistic kind of way, but like realistically, you are learned. You have studied. You're from a different realm where you so you've kind of experienced more things than some other people. That was a little bit of a spoiler. Uh, um, I don't think Elegerman or Nate are. They native are. to the Fey realm, so you know I'm not going to release anything because that's now been <laughs> brought out in episodes since. So we've collected that. That's true. Yeah. So we're, we're there. I, I, I know I don't keep my mouth shut about. No, it's all good. Uh, but I, I think that it's fair for your character to make evidence-based assumptions or evidence-based. I'm going to say guesses, not assumptions, because uh, you know what happens when you make assumptions. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Darren will die. <laughs> but, I mean, there's a good chance. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, it, and that kind of flows into it. it. You know, so it wasn't a spoiler. You're from the Fey <laughs> realm because you and and Ren had mentioned it. Right. Um, so, um, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, Ren. No, had said you're right. Yeah. She's from the Fey. Um, so you guys have seen real, oh, potentially seen more than most of the other people at the table in some aspects. Um, but uh, how do you think that shift, that not even just culture shift, that literal realm shift, 
How do you think O'Darren took that from the Fae to Acera, where you guys are currently playing in? Well, that's kind of a difficult question to answer okay. for O'Darren okay. without giving too much. Right. Um, I know it's kind of a loaded question there, but. It wasn't really a shift sure. for O'Darren sure. um, for reasons that I'm sure will come out at right. some point. Um, but we'll just leave it at it wasn't much of a shift. Fair enough. So. And I'm kind of jumping back here to your your subclass here. Sure. Um, you're not just a, a typical wizard either. Right. You're a wizard with ranged options. Yes. Um, so your your go-to, I guess it'd be an implement um, of some sort, um, is a, a pistol, a, a pepper box. It is. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about, like, how did O'Darren... Like, what, obviously not backstory, but you can kind of get the mechanical aspects sure. of it. You know, how did, what is, how does it work? Well, um, we'll start with kind of how I came into creating it. Sure. Um, again, I had created this subclass add-ons for a cleric, mm -hmm. and I was in love with this gun-toting cleric, kind of Trigun-esque. Um, Right? Yeah. <laughs> Loved that. Um, and then when my son brought up the White Necromancer, I was not willing to give up that gun aspect. Sure. So, of course, I worked closely with you and we were able to... We, we didn't want to adjust the back or the, the subclass sure. because right. that's what you created. But you gave me the freedom to kind of create a backstory right. and work well with that. And because of that, O'Darren is extremely mechanical. Yeah. Um, now granted, he's a wizard, so arcane first, but he has spent a lot of time around gunpowder. Mm -hmm. uh, he's worked with it, he's used it in multiple ways. And over the years, he's learned to kind of incorporate those things into something more functional right and that's kind of where the gun or the pepper box um sure. aspect came he through his readings and through his work um and, and firearms are not unique Right. In your world. I mean, they're, they're a little they're, rare. They're, yeah, they're relatively newish. It's getting to the point where they're starting to get produced more on a, on a, I don't want to say a mass level, but. Right. But he has spent years mm -hmm. working with the mechanics of it and trying to figure out, you know, if you pull this trigger, what happens? Sure. You know, and over time he's actually learned to fuse his magic with that so um again without giving too much away from the backstory um he's actually inscribed these runes on the pepper box and that allows him to fuse the magic that he's using with the the projectiles that he's firing um and there are some intricacies of those runes um, with the subclass. Again, I don't want to give those specific yeah. runes away. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Because your background is one of those that it, there's a bit more to it, and it's more heavily shrouded 
just because we also haven't explored as much about it as right. opposed to like seven where we've explored about explored about it but we really don't know much more right but yeah but for odarin specifically those um and they will come up you know the magic that he is able to produce and the magic that he no longer can (laughs) um but those things will actually come up and they're going to come up in probably some unexpected ways so um i've actually worked on how to explain it it's going to be interesting it's going to be an interesting rp moment um and we'll see how it turns out and this going into the rp aspect of everything so who do you think that odarin being this kind of i don't want to say well up until now a solitary uh more solitary person keeps themselves again more book smart not street smart is there someone or some a couple people in the party that odarin kind of feels like a, a connection to in some way shape or form so right now um I think you'll see that O'Darren kind of has an inquisitive mind for Felix. Mm-hmm. Um, Felix does a lot of the same things that O'Darren does. Sure. A lot of them, he's more mechanical. Yeah. Whereas O'Darren would be more arcane. Sure. And I think that kind of draws him to Felix mm-hmm. in a way that is knowledge based. Um, and something could come of that that who knows we'll see where it goes um there's seven who it is just an anomaly Mm -hmm. um it interests odarin he's taking notes he wants to know everything sure um so that's just the inquisitive based and as of right now I think he feels a connection to Ren. Okay. Which is odd because Ren is kind of pushing everyone off, doesn't want anything to be. She doesn't really want to be a part of this group. Sure. She's only here out of necessity. But. Kind of along the lines of. Right. Yeah. But I get the sense in game that Ren has spent a lot of time alone. And. O'Darren really resonates with that. Um, I've mentioned that he spent a lot of time alone. So that aspect and knowing that there are other people that feel that same kind of sadness, that same kind of disconnect, um, it, it really draws him to Ren. And... <laughs> It could very well end up that Ren's like, get the hell away from me. But it's definitely something that, I mean, who knows? It could be a friendship. It could be friction at some point. But I mean, we'll have to wait and see. Sure. And either way, great opportunities to role play, whether friendship or friction, either one. so, there uh, we we talked about your goals and aspirations for Odarin. We've talked about you know some aspects of Odarin's past. Not to give away too much. Um, so, I'm curious. So, and I, I'm kind of diving back to, to your book, to Odarin's book, just because 
Now, the special one or the, special the one. Two not the one that you write everything. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure you're gonna be in volume two in game. I can't tell you. Like secretly he's designing new things. Sure. He's putting together like new weapons, mm -hmm. new trying to work out new spells. Sure. He's got a whole notebook of stuff that he just keeps and Maybe someone will eventually look at it, but I, I, we'll see. It'll be interesting. So your the main book, your at one point having been an Oculus book, um, you're not able to read it. Things appear in it, obviously, that you're not able to read. Um, the potential of being able to read it because of Lendris straight up claiming she could teach you. Um, but she'd have to be in charge. I'm sorry, milkshake. <laughs> I don't know it why. Just had to, didn't you? It just it, I I Peter Griffin for a moment. Uh, but uh, so that it does pose a question though. Once you're able to read it, are you gonna stay with the group? Well, okay. So originally when I wrote this backstory, I had an entire another reason for being with the group. Mm -hmm. And once the book came out, that shifted my focus entirely. Sure. So, and that all happened session one and it was fantastic and a great change. But I, my backstory actually may lend to future reasons to stay with the group. And it could end up that O'Darren decides that the group's interests are not aligned with his, and he could, I mean, in all honesty, he could walk away. I don't want that to happen, obviously. Right. I enjoy playing O'Darren, right. and it's been... You don't want to force a situation. Right. Though, right. I mean, I'm going to let him to stay with the group. Oh, yeah, Let's of course, of course. And he's my character, so, right. you know. <laughs> but, but, like, those situations where, like, if, you're pl if your character is at odds with everyone in the party, you know, if you're it kind of resolved your thing, like, it's that's not the situation here. Right. But, I mean, why would a character stay? But um, it, it does seem like that there's still that, because you guys are still relatively new, you're a, realistically almost a week old group. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's fairly new. And it's definitely new for O'Darren, who's not used to being in that group. Yeah. Um, granted, other characters are not used to being in groups, but he really has been alone. Yeah. So he doesn't he doesn't know how to function in that group. But as this group has been together, he has found interest. Sure. Um, you know, he is really connected with Felix and that that mechanical aspect of things. You know, he really feels like he can learn things. And that's also another driving force. Um, in this notebook, he has extensive notes of each of the characters. Yeah, he does. Nathan writes down everything. I He's do our note taker. Happen to have a notebook <laughs> that I have with me that I take notes in. But him as a as a character, 
he does take notes. Sure. If he hears something that he doesn't know about one of the other characters' backstories, he's taking note of it. So it's going to be interesting. You know, he also takes he also takes notes on personality aspects and things like that because again, he is so intelligence based. Yep. And those are all things that could lend to him staying with the party. Sure. So fantastic. Well, that's really all the questions I had. I appreciate you sitting with me, Nathan. Um, I hope that you all enjoyed the time getting to know Nathan, getting to know O'Darren. Um, just another reason for you to listen to the podcast. Uh, and they're all out there for you to listen to. We also got our Springfield One Shots where we interview locally owned businesses here in Springfield, Illinois. And we have our critical content, one of these, where we get to know a content creator because you are officially now a content creator because we are we are streaming Oof. stuff. <laughs> and and uh, we have other people from TikTok and YouTube as well. So go check those out. But uh, until we see you, uh, it's five to places and have a great day. <laughs>